Saturday morning cartoons were awesome. From the 1960s through the 1990s, we kicked off each weekend in a frenzy of animation that is unmatched today. But were these shows actually any good? Join us as we dig into the history of your favorite and not so favorite Saturday morning cartoons, look at the good, the bad, and the ugly of each one, and determine if our nostalgia matches the reality when it comes to these tunes. So stay in your PJs, grab a bowl of cereal, and settle in. I'm John. And I'm Robert. And this is Toon Talk. So John... When you think back of all the TV shows you've watched, whether it's cartoons or live action or anything like that, is there any show that there's a song that you associate with it and a good song that like, you know what, this is a, this is a good song and yeah. I, like, I like that the show is using it. I liked um, A Place Where Everyone Knows Your Name from Cheers. Oh yeah, sure. It's just a neat song and it's well done and it stands alone outside of the show. Mm-hmm. But when you hear it, you think of the show. And it you fits know, the show. And it fits the show, yeah. right. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. the The song that crosses my mind is uh, a little more obscure, but it's "Next Year" by the Foo Fighters. It actually was the opening credit for the show Ed, which ran on NBC with Tom Cavanaugh and Oh, sure, yeah, and, I know that and, show. And, and interestingly enough, it was the first season, and then they moved to something else for second season, and then they came back three, four, and five, and they yeah. finished it with the rest of it. But with that, just, yeah, just a really, it's a good song on its own. I mean, right. it's Foo Fighters, but then it just again really fits that show really well, and. You can see it like yeah yeah you could be a, you could have a hit with this song that yeah work, but for sure yeah and well, the other one that I, I would an honorable mention to me would be Daydream, Daydream Believer by the Monkees mm-hmm. which yeah again a little bit different because it was intentionally made for that show yeah. meant to be released as a single and did very well yeah. and that ties in very well with today's topic which is the Archie the show. Archie show yeah. Which has some very, very strong similar. ties, very strong ties to the monkeys. Yeah, so. um, it seems like. I mean, what I found is it was made to emulate the monkeys. Absolutely. Yeah, and uh, they even brought in some some people who behind the monkeys kind of tied into the Archies. And yeah, there's a bit of a connection in there, but uh, cool. We will get to that. And, yeah, and instead of starting in 1968 when the show starts, we're going to go back. You know, hit in the way back machine to 1939. Oh boy! <laughs> so. <laughs> So, and that back then in 1939, kind of seeing the success of Superman comics, John L. Goldwater uh, partnered up with Lewis. Uh, this is gonna. This name is gonna kill me. All. Yeah, I'm not gonna say it much because I'm gonna stumble over it. But Lewis Silberklight, 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 and Maurice Coyne, and they started up a publishing company, MLJ Magazines. So Goldwater was convinced that he could duplicate the success of the Man of Steel in a comic book. But one about a normal everyday teenager, not like just somebody with superpowers. He wanted mm-hmm. to like do an everyman appeal. So he took inspiration from the Andy Hardy movies that starred Mickey Rooney and very popular at the time, and kind of convinced MJ, MLJ to start publishing stories about this character he came up with called Archie Andrews. And Archie would debut in Pep Comics number twenty-two in December of nineteen forty-one, and it was a. Uh, actually went over really well it was actually really a big hit and archie comics started really going gangbusters right from the jump it was very popular cool and so by 1946 mlj magazines would actually change its name to archie comic publications so within five years this thing was already all right it's taken over the company (laughs) this is is it this is our masthead now yeah Yeah. (laughs) so so archie was meant to represent the all-american teenage boy and you know the good natured charm busy navigating travails of adolescence uh of adolescenthood but 
And of course, there's a love triangle for him to struggle with. And he had to try and figure out if he should choose between the pretty blonde girl who adored him or the pretty dark haired girl who, who adored him. I mean, every teenage boy has that problem. Right. right? I mean, yeah. That was my oh, experience. Yeah. Your experience, obviously. Yeah, I mean, for was, sure. <laughs> yeah. That was just... Boy, I'm glad I'm past that part of my life. <laughs> <laughs> What's a boy to do? Yeah. But Archie would branch out off the pages of our, you know, the, the comic books, and he would uh, there would be the Archie Anders radio program, which again to show how popular the comic book was, the radio program started in May on May thirty first, nineteen forty three. So less than two years after the comic book debuted, they were on a radio show radio on show. NBC the the NBC Blue Network. So it, the show would kind of later move to the Mutual Network and then end up back on NBC radio and would run through September fifth of nineteen fifty three. So yeah, a, a good ten year run. And again, the comics are going strong, and so they made decided to try and well, let's put this on the small screen. TV's popular. This is a thing now. The, kid, yeah. the kids like this. Let's do this. <laughs> And they, they made an attempt in 1962 and another one in 1964. Both were live action pilots and both never made it past that stage. They, the pilots were debuted and you actually, you can, you can dig them up online and you can see why they didn't succeed. Yeah, I watched a couple yeah. of them. <laughs> <laughs> so they, they clearly weren't, they weren't really, they really didn't have the spirit of the Archie comics. It yeah. wasn't really, it was in kind of Archie in name only. Yeah. Um, but that was kind of it kind of stumbled and didn't make TV. But in 1967, we've touched on filmation animation before, um, where 1967 was kind of their their boon year, where they, right. they landed that DC Comics license mm-hmm. and they were going gangbusters with Superman, Aquaman, the Justice League, and they were kind of tired of doing superhero comics. Like this is great, we're making a lot of money, yeah, but there's something else out there. I mean, the whole industry is all superheroes yeah, and sci-fi. Yeah. And yeah, there's, there, there's, let's, let's diversify a little bit. And knowing that they had success with a licensed property and they were having trouble selling their own pro- ideas, they went out in search of a licensed property. And Archie Comics kind of scratched that itch because it's a comic book, but it's not superheroes. Right. It's licensed. We know we could, we could make this work. Mm-hmm. So they reached out to Archie Comics and Archie's like, yeah, sure, sure. We're in. Yeah, let's do that. We can't can't get our own things off the ground. So maybe you can help us with that. And so then they turned around and pitched it to CBS. And our good friend Fred Silverman, who we talked about with Scooby-Doo, knows a thing or two about how to make this work. (laughs) Kind of sees that. And and again, the writing's on the wall for uh, for TV executives at that time. So I'm like, look, superheroes are big. They're going gangbusters, but something's going to kind of, you know, something would eventually force them to change, you know, make that change. But yeah, Silverman was a little bit ahead of the curve along with Filmation at that point. And they, they moved ahead with the Greenlighted Archie, the Archie show. So 1967, there's another big hit on TV we mentioned at the at the opening. It's yeah, the monkeys. The monkeys, which I loved. Oh, it's a fantastic yeah, show. Monkeys is great. Yeah, you know, it, it, even though it's it holds up like the comedy holds up really oh, for sure. well. Yeah, and so I mean, the monkeys for anybody who hasn't seen it, it's a fictional rock band that was introduced through uh, this television show. They were all four actors put together, all had musical backgrounds, right? And were kind of called the monkeys. And yeah. through their comedy show, half hour show, they would. Uh, Introduced new music, yeah, and released albums. They didn't tour initially. Eventually, they would tour, yeah, and they were an absolute smash hit, right? And I didn't know the Monkees until the eighties, late eighties, when they were on VH1. 
that's when I started watching the monkeys and the show was already 20 years old. Yeah. I think, I think they, they really kind of hit a new audience in the early, I think mid eighties with MTV mm-hmm. actually ran them for a couple of years. Yeah. And then they, then VH1 picked it right. up and yeah, they, they found a whole new audience and found, yeah, really, really took off again. Yeah. And so there, there's it's a incredible whole, yeah, that they had two lives with that. Yeah. And we don't have to go in the whole, there's a, there's a huge, there's a long, very long story interesting there. story about the monkeys <laughs> and not only just on, on making music, but also uh, the, the show, but they pro- basically provided the template. Right. That filmation looked at that and decided, you know what? That's how we should do the Archie show. But yeah. I had a talking or a dog that talks to himself. <laughs> to, yeah. yeah. That monologues. Monologues. Yeah. <laughs> so, but ultimately we're going to tell Archie stories, but they're going to, you know, the show is going to center on pop music. Right, we're gonna Bubble make gum, it, pop. Yeah, we're, we're gonna make it. Yeah, you know, really, really, really get the the kids on board. You know, mm-hmm. like uh, get yeah. them where they live. You know, yeah, we'll be hep. And they just <laughs> they created two story segments that would sandwich then three shorter segments. There yeah. would be a dance of the week. Right. There would be the song of the week, and then there would be a segment built around like a single gag or a single joke. A little joke, yeah. The format was all set, and they moved ahead, and the Archie Show debuted on CBS on September 14th, 1968. It would run for 17 episodes and proved to be a huge success. I mean, massive success. Mm-hmm. It's Tons in- of spinoffs afterwards. Yeah, it's interesting. As we talk about this is a, this is a, for all intents and purposes, this is a one-and-done series. Mm-hmm. They ran 17, 17 episodes, episodes, and that was the end of the Archie Show. Yeah. Uh, but... As you said, it would live on in spinoffs because they would right. they would recreate it over and over and over. So you know, the next year they retooled it. It was the Archie Comedy Hour, and they introduced Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Mm-hmm. And so they added two full segments of Sabrina cartoons, and then added additional short comics yeah. in there. Whether it was Sabrina's like she would do like a little magic segment, or there'd be Dilton Doily's you know yeah. kind of humor thing. It would be. Kind of loosely based on laughing for all those little, those indi- those little sure segments. those little skits yeah yeah and so it's slightly different than the Archie show mm-hmm. and then that would be followed up the next year in 1970 with Archie's Funhouse which again kind of took that same same idea and then retooled it again so there's the the giant jukebox which is a very music heavy uh, incarnation of the series they they added more music to it yeah and then. That one actually, there was a um, a crazy. If you ever see the intro to that one, it's crazy. It's like there's it's a live action segment of these young kids running into like this auditorium. They're literally running in and jumping and screaming and losing their minds as the Archie band is on stage. The, the cartoon Archie band is playing music. They're playing the Everything's Archie theme. Yeah. And these kids are just going ape. Wow! I mean, they, 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 they look—they look like yeah. they've just been—they've been given like five bags of pure sugar and then just <laughs> set, uh-huh. set loose in this auditorium. Yeah. So when I was on YouTube doing some research, looking around, you just type in Archie Show and you go down a rabbit hole <laughs> fast. Yeah. There's so much yes. stuff, you know, all the way from all the spinoffs to even even today, like the live action Riverdale show. Mm-hmm. That's on TV right now. Yeah. You know, um, it was hard to find what I was really looking for because there was so much chafe out there, you know. Um, but I eventually did find it. But I don't think I saw that. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah it's 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 
it's a thing. Yeah. It's, it's, it's very funny. I, like I, this is like the beginning of Hulk Hogan's WrestleMania where people are marching down the street. Did someone fall? And... <laughs> no, nothing that crazy. It's more just like, it's like what are these kids on? Yeah. <laughs> just wound they, up. They just like, these kids are going. Yep. And they, they're, they're all in on it. But yeah, so that was Archie's Funhouse. Again, 1971. There's Archie's TV Funnies, which if you see it, there's actually very much a, if you remember from Saturday Night Live through the 80s and 90s, there's the, uh, mostly the 90s, the TV Funhouse segments. Oh, sure. Um, so you, you, it was the animated the an, yeah, version. Yeah. yeah, the animated segments that would that would show up. There, there was very much a, a callback to this, the, the Archie's Funhouse, Archie's TV uh, Funnies 2 series and everything. Archie would be debuted on 1973 for one year again that was just repeats of all kind of previous material um 1974 the u.s of archie which told the u.s history segments Mm -hmm. using the archie characters and then the 1977 and 78 there would be the new archie and sabrina hour yeah so throughout the 70s filmation kept cranking these things out you know they just retool them come up with different stories or they would just reuse them and and it was it stayed very lucrative for them. Yeah. Um, interestingly enough, there was one more one called Hero High, which was meant to debut in 1980, 1980, 81. Um, meant to be Archie, but just as they started working on it, Filmation lost the rights to, to do Archie comics. So oh, it just no. became this generic story and it went nowhere. Oh, yeah, so they, that's terrible. Yeah, it, it kind of fell apart on him. But yeah, so for the history of the show... Um, the animation itself was extremely popular and there's obviously another really significant component, which is the music, but we can go back to that in a second. Cause I actually really want you to talk a little bit about the voice acting on this. Yeah. Yeah. So a small cast really, mm-hmm. um, for this cartoon, cause there were really only a handful, half a dozen real characters. And then there were bit parts here and there. Right. Uh, but obviously Archie Andrews, um, is the kind of the leader of this little teen group. Uh, he's the front man for the band. They're called the Archies. Um, that's voiced by Dallas McKinnon. Um, he also did Hot Dog, uh, Mr. Weatherby, who was the principal of the school, um, Pop Tate, who was the deli owner at, um, Pop's, chocolate at Pop's Chocolate Shop, which chocolate was spelled funny. Mm-hmm. Um, he was Mr. Lodge, who's Veronica's dad. Um, he was Coach Cleats, the gym teacher. Um Interestingly, he is also Gumby um, and Buzz Buzzard on the Woody Woodpecker show. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I wouldn't have I, the Gumby one makes sense given right. like the the way he does the Archie voice. But yeah, I wouldn't have picked up the Buzz Buzzard. No, I didn't either. I'm like, oh wow, Woody the Woodpecker. <laughs> um, but when he sang, when Archie sang, he was someone different. It was Absolutely. a different voice. That was Ron Dante. Mm-hmm. Um, was the singing voice of Archie who I went down the rabbit hole on him, too. <laughs> he was a producer for Barry Manilow mm-hmm. and also yeah. sang backup on a lot of Barry Manilow's songs and most significantly the song Mandy. Yeah. So Archie sang on Mandy with Barry Manilow, <laughs> which well, I thought was great. Yeah, and I, I noticed that Ron Dante actually, too, about that same time. But it, it kind of coincided with Barry Manilow, who had a lot of like jingle hits right. in the 70s. But Ron Dante had was involved with a lot of jingles on his part too. Sure, so very much in the pop culture. Yeah, uh, he was everywhere for, for quite a while. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then Betty Cooper and Veronica Lodge were voiced by the same person, Jane Webb. In fact, she did all the female voices on the show. 
Um, she was no. Miss Grundy. We know one lady. Yeah. <laughs> Big Ethel. Oh, we need a woman on the cast. Let's get Jane Webb. Um, which Jane Webb was really good at that because she was also the voice of Marianne and Ginger on The New Adventures of Gilligan. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the the question, Betty or Veronica, they've also got the question, Marianne and Ginger. All four of them are the same person. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so just take your pick. At least in the animated film. Yeah, in the yeah, animated, in the animated film, yeah. they're all the same. Yes, yeah, so this woman, obviously very talented, played all the women characters on the show. Um, the singing voice of Betty and Veronica was also one person, um, and that was Tony Wine. Tony Wine toured with Tony Orlando. Um, and was also the voice of the Meow Mix commercial. <laughs> meow, 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 meow. That's Tony Wine, who was also Betty and Veronica. So everyone knows that commercial. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, you know you've made it big when you're doing cat food commercials <laughs> after the Archie show. Um, so, yeah, she was the singing voice of both of them. So you had one actor playing Betty and Veronica speaking roles, and then one singer doing both singing voices. Mm. Um, Reggie Mantle who we'll talk about later. Reggie was the bass player in the band. He was voiced by John Irwin. John Irwin, as much of a jerk as he is on the Archies, was also He-Man. So he was He-Man in He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. He was also Beast Man, Webster, Ram Man um, in He-Man. So he played, you know, it seemed like Filmation was was famous for having one act do multiple voices to just try to save budget. Yeah, a little little slimmer stable of actors. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, But not to be outdone by Tony Wine, he also did a cat food commercial. He was the voice of Morris the Cat. I was going to say, the only other thing I could think of is Morris the Cat. (laughs) Yeah, so he was Morris the Cat on the Nine Lives cat food commercial. So one series took both iconic cat food commercial (laughs) people um, and gave them their start. Uh, Then we've got Forsyth. Jughead Jones, uh, voiced by Howard Morris. Howard Morris has a pretty interesting career. Um, he was also Moose Mason, uh, Dilton Daly, uh, on the Archie show, but he's really best known as being Beetle Bailey hmm. in the Beetle Bailey cartoon. You can see that. Yeah. He was a classically trained Shakespearean actor. He went to NYU. Um, <laughs> And then he played Ernest T. Boss on the Andy Griffith show, which if you think about it, is like a real life adult version of Jughead, yeah. you know. Um, so he's this classically developed actor, but he plays these goofballs. Yeah. Uh, when it comes up with that, that voice of Jughead, too. Which yeah, is... which is kind of grating. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he did other Hanna-Barbera stuff, too. He was on Jetsons, Flintstones, Magilla Gorilla, you know, just his bit parts, nothing really big. Um, but yeah, he was a classically trained actor and they got him playing the, the goofball drummer guy, you know? Yeah. Um, and then there's one other voice that I want to mention. There was a fill in on episode two, beauty is only fur deep. The voice of Jughead and hot dog in that episode. You want to guess? I don't have a guess. Don Messick. No, oh, there I should have known. <laughs> yeah, yes. it had to be right. <laughs> I like they just put him in. He. I don't know what happened. If Howard Morris was unavailable or there was a contract dispute, but Frank Messick did the voice on that fifteen yeah, Don minutes. Is, yeah. yeah, he's he's everywhere. Yeah, he is. Yeah. It's crazy. Um. So yeah, really a small cast, and it, it was interesting that they had two people playing one character. Mm-hmm. You know, as far as a. a speaking voice and a singing voice yeah you know which you see in movies all the time yeah. you know you see and someone who can act 
but they need to sing and they right. can't sing. And then you've got a singer who can't act. Yeah. Um, you know, you've seen that happen. It happens in Disney cartoons a yeah. lot of the time, too. Absolutely. Uh, so, yeah, I think that's the first time we've come across it in the cartoon world mm-hmm. um, that we've been talking about. And it might be our first singing cartoon, actually. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was a it, small group, but but a good group. I mean, yeah. I thought the voices were good. It was interesting. I, the, when I first started watching this, I actually found the like the voice of Archie and Ver- especially Veronica and Jughead just a little jarring yeah. because they're, they're a little they're very higher distinct. Yeah. They're, they're a little higher pitch than I was expecting when Veronica's this very weird, like a Southern belle. I, I guess when I w- growing up reading Archie comics, I always had her as like this, you know, the, the new England, the, the Catherine, posh city Catherine girl. Hepburn type. Sure. Of, yeah. Yeah. You know, like, Cause her yeah. father's wealthy, right? Yes. Like he owns yeah. the golf course and the country club. Yeah, he owns and a, everything. And a yacht. He's, and yeah, I mean, he's, he's the millionaire. And then, so she's got more of that, you know, that, Hi, this is yeah. She's got this very whiny Southern Belle type of voice. I mean, I, I yeah, I, the best I can describe it. Um, it's and then, like Paris Hilton. Yeah. That's who she kind of sounds like, but but a Southern version of yeah. Paris Hilton. Yeah, <laughs> and it's it's interesting. And and Archie's Archie's a little higher pitched than I was expecting. Yeah. Um, Betty and Betty and Reggie are very much. I mean, they're they're, yeah. they're straightforward. They're good. And then there's Jughead, who. Almost sounds like he's the child of uh, uh, Ethel Bunker or Edith Bunker. <laughs> Edith Bunker. Yeah, like <laughs> okay, Arch. Those I mean, <laughs> were the days. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, it's like it's really high, yes. kind of like this whiny totally. kind of. Yeah, but as jarring as they were, when it, they after you know two or three episodes, like yeah, you get I mean, it. It's the, they work. Yeah, I mean they're well done. Yeah. They're, they're, um, they're, the acting, the emoting, everything is, is spot on. Is actually what you would want for this cartoon. Sure. So, you know, instead of grading on me and taking me out of it, you know, initially it was jarring, but once I kind of got into it, like, yeah, no, this, this is the character, these are the characters, yeah. and it works well. Yeah, so, works together, and they're, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the characters, you want to talk about the characters for a second? Because <laughs> I had a problem <laughs> with putting these people together on a daily basis. So Archie's kind of the hip kid. He's the cool kid. And Betty and Veronica are both in love with him. Mm-hmm. But I never established who is he really dating. Well, and they, they, I thought, you know, when you were, I don't know if you ever read that Archie comics. I didn't, no. Um, it is very all-out war between the two of them. They're, they're, Betty and Veronica are still really good friends, but they are both madly in love with Archie. Yeah. And Archie loves them both, but he tends to lean toward Veronica because she's, she's rich. <laughs> and they it felt like they they downplayed that a little bit more in this cartoon a than lot. I was expecting because yeah. I was expecting much more like the you know the the kind of that's what I couldn't figure out because like, because it, it really felt like, like this it was like it, he he and Veronica were together and Betty was just kind of she's there because they're friends with Betty yeah and other than like the very there's an episode at the very end where it's uh, Veronica's veil. Where mm-hmm. they suddenly they start Reggie and, and Archie are spending all their t- focus on Betty and Veronica gets jealous yeah. and pretends like she goes off to go study overseas and <laughs> puts a veil on yeah. and pretends she's from and overseas. She's in mourning and nobody well and nobody can tell the difference between her and like so she's a she's suddenly a, 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 a foreign exchange student yeah. just because she's wearing a veil. <laughs> <laughs> and like, and so now they're all focused on her again, and it's that. Was, but even then, because Betty's, she's become novel because she's the foreigner, and Betty's not upset because well, suddenly, well, now Archie's not. It's just like, well, now the boys just aren't spending as much time with me. They're just not. They're not paying attention to me as much. Yeah, and it's not like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm lovesick over Archie. It's just like, well, 
Why aren't they paying attention to me anymore? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what I couldn't put together is there's these two women, and they're both flirting with Archie in the presence of each other, mm. but they never like come to blow. I guess I was expecting them to fight. Yeah. You know, because like, oh, Archie, oh, Archie on the others, and they're both touching him, and you know, it's like. Wh- what is going? Are they? Do they not see what she's doing? You know, does Veronica not see what Betty is doing? That's what I couldn't figure out, uh, and, and vice versa. You know, it's like it just didn't. I couldn't. I couldn't put that together. It was the sixties, John. It was, yeah. And then Jughead. Jughead's the the goofball, fun guy. You know, he's their drummer. They keep him around. He's got a dog. He's fun. He's a Shaggy Rogers. He exactly who he is. Hangs out with the dog. Loves to eat. Kind of irresponsible. Loves food. Um, but Reggie. Oh yeah, Reggie. Reggie was an asshole. <laughs> we might have to put an explicit lyric on this, on this episode, but he was always picking on. Jughead, mm-hmm. always trying to foil Archie's plans, always doing, and these are his friends. Yeah, and he's always like trying to disrupt what they're doing, and they keep hanging out with him. Yeah, it, that's that's the bottom line. Is why do they spend any time with him? Because he's just a jerk. The only thing I could come up with is that he was a hell of a bass player. <laughs> That's it. It's not like he's. It's not, he doesn't have the car. He doesn't drive. Archie nope. drives. No, nope. he doesn't have the car. He he's not rich. They're nope. not relying on him for anything. Yeah. Um. Anytime that they're they're going to do something at school, he's going to do it better. And he's a. I mean, he's, he's a jerk like, about it. Yeah. He's like right up. Yeah. The, the car. marathon. I'm, yeah. The marathon episode we need to talk about later. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, there's so much about what he does. It, it just. The, He's not nice to them. They no. don't. Re- they don't really seem to like him, right? And yet, but then they don't do anything yeah. about it. And, and it's kind of one one of those cartoon tropes where, like, you have the the guy who's going to like, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna scare them, or I'm gonna do this. Yeah. And you know, they should know exactly who's doing it every single time, but they're sure. always surprised, like Reggie. Yeah. Like, well, of oh, course it's Reggie. You <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, you think of a band like, well, maybe he had the van and they needed the van to get from gig to gig, but he didn't. Yeah. And maybe he's the singer. No, he's not really. You know, he's not the front man. He's not. He's not funding the band because Veronica's dad's probably doing that. But yeah, I just like you said when I texted you that you're like they have no reason to hang out with him. And the only thing I came up with is that he must be good on the bass. Yeah. <laughs> and and well, it's funny because they they're very they're clearly established that he's he's an egomaniac. Egomaniac. Oh, sure. Yeah. He is very impressed with himself. And mm-hmm. there's the the one where he's going to try out for football. Yeah. And he's standing there with Veronica. He's like, oh, he's like, I want to kiss for my biggest fan. And before she can lean in and give a kiss, he like pulls his arm, his arm up and kisses, kisses himself. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, he just, he thinks the world of himself. Yeah. And, and of course, then there, you know, they, there's those little segments when they, so the main stories, they'll have like this really brief introduction, kind yeah. of like, just setting it up kind of. Yep. And it's always hit if they, if it's Reggie, it's Reggie in his own bedroom. Right. And there's pictures of Reggie up on the wall. And then there's a dartboard with Archie's face and then yeah. a punching bag of Archie's face. I know. <laughs> but that's like his best friend. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't believe I'm like, wow, he really hates Archie. <laughs> But they hang out all the time, and Archie doesn't know that he hates him. <laughs> unless there was like some weird rule in, in the Riverdale, like teenagers can't hang out together unless there's five of them in a group. So like, well, be. we have to have a fifth. We need five people. <laughs> and Hot Dog, unfortunately, doesn't count. Doesn't count. Yeah, but yet he goes everywhere. They he go. Goes with he them. Goes, yeah. I mean, <laughs> 
He even goes to the chocolate shop yeah. with him. I mean, he's everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, and oh. well, yeah, and 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 hot dogs kind of like the voice of the of the audience with Reggie because yeah. he can't stand Reggie. No, and he's and, got this internal monologue, right? Because his mouth never moves. Right. He's not like Scooby where you see him talk. Right. And they don't. He, and he doesn't. The, the kids don't hear him. Talk. Kids don't hear him talk. He's he he breaks the third wall. The fourth wall. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the fourth he, wall. He, he talks directly to the audience. Yep. And yeah, and he kind of says, you know, kind of like the voice of reason at times, like, sure. well, yeah. And, and, and anytime Reggie gets his comeuppance, they always show a hot dog and yeah. he's smiling at the camera. Like, ah, <laughs> I knew he'd get it. Yeah. <laughs> See, there's justice. <laughs> it had it coming. So, mm-hmm. no, I agree with you. Reggie is just, he's an odd fit mm-hmm. with this group. But if he's not there, there's a lot of conflict that doesn't exist. Yeah. And well, so if he's going to be the foil, make him the foil yeah. and find someone else to play in the band. <laughs> you know, maybe he's in a competing band or he's just jealous because Archie gets all the chicks. Or you get, or, or of course, then you end up with that weird Chuck White vibe that you get from the Brady kids. And that's, oh, yeah. That's, that's not a good thing. No, that, would, that didn't work. So I, I no. guess at least if there's some kind of component where they, like, for whatever reason they like him and they're, yeah. they're, they consider him a friend, it, I guess it works. It works a little bit better. Sure. Um, Maybe he had really cool toys. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone had that kid in the neighborhood. No one really liked him, but he had cool toys. (laughs) Like, all right, well, we'll stick it out. We need a ninth player to play baseball. (laughs) I guess he can come play. Yeah, but he, well, and then when they they do the music segments, he clearly, he is into, he's into the bass. He is. Oh, yeah. He is. He's jamming. He's grooving. Yeah. Yeah, He's, he's on board. Yeah. Um, Almost as much as Betty is with that tambourine. Oh, yeah. She's gonna hurt him. Oh my gosh! She, she probably has an artificial hip. Oh, in the, the latest ser- series, you know. She, where are you getting that hip replacement? As she aged. I'm sure she had major hip problems. She, she, she was really pounding away on her hip with that. Way to yeah. yeah, just loving it. Yeah, lots of enthusiasm. But um, well, speaking of the music, I mean Archie, the Archie shows impact really was significant through through pop music too right not, not just through cartoons i mean it would set set the archie show up for success yeah um moving forward because so one of the key players in bringing the archie to the small screen was don kirshner the man who created the monkeys so again the monkeys oh, are back so yeah. when, when cbs came on board the first thing they did they reached out to don kirshner and said hey we want you to be the music supervisor here and he's like sure yeah i'll do that and um knowing that the idea was to debut a song with each episode. He's like, all right, we got to move fast. So he brought in a producer, Jeff Barry, who he had worked with previously. And Barry had a track record of pop success with co-writer Ellie Greenwich, particularly with uh, girl groups through the 60s. They kind of had a niche and they mm-hmm. were a lot, had a lot of success there. So Barry comes in and he kind of looks looks everything over and he's like, all right, we need to we need to find people to perform these songs. You know, these actors are good. They're not singers. Right. We, we've touched on before. Yep. And Kirshner wanted Kenny Karen to come and perform the songs. But Barry's like, you know what? I, I've got this guy, Ron Dante, studio performer, yeah. studio singer. I was a session guy. I've done a lot of stuff with him. I actually worked on a lot of uh, promos that they would create and provide to Kirshner that Kirshner would, would react to. So Kirshner's familiar with his voice, whether he yeah. knows it or not. And so that he brought him in and they, between Dante and Karen, they ran it by Kirshner. like, no, you're right. Dante's the guy. Let's the go man. with him. Yeah. And so he ends up with the job and then, you know, they need a, folk, a female vocal. So actually the first person they went to was a woman named Jeannie Thomas. So she she performs on the first few like number of songs, 
and the first single that they would produce actually would show up on the on the first uh, episode. And that's a song called "Bang Shangalang." Yeah, and it actually Which, it doesn't get more sixties than that. <laughs> no, uh, and it it climbs to number twenty two on the Billboard charts in yeah. the U.S. I mean, it's legitimate good pop music. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a it, it's not like the Brady Kids music. No, and this it, is good music. It, it is a good nineteen sixty eight pop song. It yeah. is it's solid. It, it works and. And it actually was included on their first, the, there was the Archie's LP, mm-hmm. the long playing record, released in 1968. And it had 12 tracks, all of them which showed up on the, uh, they actually released obviously 17 songs total sure. for 17 episodes. Five of them didn't make it, with good reason. <laughs> and uh, so this, the LP would actually uh, peak on the Billboard album chart at number 88. So not quite the success of the, the, the yeah. singles, but... Um, they would also do the song 17 Ain't Young, which is this interesting track. Yeah. It became a top 40 hit in Australia, not for the Archies, but for a singer named Frank Hausen in 1969. So he covered it. He would cover it a year later. In, in, in Australia. Yeah. And he would, oh, wow. yeah, it would be a, a top hit for him huh. in Australia. Of course, with anybody who's familiar with the Archies, the real success of the Archies actually came a year later. Yeah. 1969. Um, 1969. And that was the release of their second album, Everything's Archie. Yeah. And that that would have the uh, that coincided with the new series that the the Archie Comedy Hour and featured on that is the single Sugar Sugar, of course which everybody's heard many times over. So I didn't know this. I mean, I had a career in radio and I played this song at one of the stations I worked at. You know, adult contemporary stuff. I, what I found was Sugar Sugar wasn't on this the first seventeen episodes. It was like on the Archie Comedy mm-hmm. Hour, like you said, but. Not only was it on Billboard's top 40 for like, it was number one for like four weeks. Four weeks. Yeah. And then it was the number one song of 1969. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you think about all the amazing music in the 60s, late 60s, 1969, I mean, the Beatles mm-hmm. were a big deal in 69. And Sugar Sugar from the Archies is number one. <laughs> I just, I knew it was a good song. Yeah. I, but I didn't know that. Yeah, I mean that is that is the epitome of bubblegum pop. It, I mean, it yeah. just works so well. And, and again, four weeks at number one, but that doesn't count the number of weeks it was on the charts for. I mean, it was on the charts for more than half the year. Yeah, just kind of in some in, up and down one, yeah. one position or other. So yeah, it was it was a massive success. And of course, for that track, you know, you had mentioned uh, Tony Wine at that point. She had been brought in to replace Jeannie Thomas, so she actually appears on Sugar Sugar and everything else on the Everything Archie album. The other voice on that one to go along with Dante was Andy Kim, who actually co-wrote the song along with uh, with Barry, and so he added his voice to the track. So it's, it's actually three people singing on that track, which is different than most of the other Archie singles that had been yeah. released at that time so yeah it was a big success i mean they, they followed that up with the track jingle jangle and that peaked at number 10 but that would pretty much be the end of the archie success yeah but a couple point. of top 40 hits and song of the year in 1969 yeah. three three songs all go top 25 yeah that's and, great and, and, and i mean bang shang Lang, the first one just missed on the top 20 mm-hmm. I mean, it went to 22 um they would actually barry left in 1970 he's like all right i'm moving on to other things we're, sure. we're good here um so kind of with him the, the songs just wouldn't have the same success um it just yeah. you know he, he had the touch with with that that group but there was one more barry produced single through the archies which in 1971 a song called a summer prayer for peace nowhere in the united states but it actually was a I think I believe a top fifteen hit in South Africa in nineteen seventy one huh. of all places. Weird, yeah. So 
it was interesting. So, and I mentioned that, that Archie's album would included tracks from the original, from the show. Um, there are 12 tracks and I'm going to run, run them down really quick. So yeah. there's the everything Archie, the Archie's theme. Sure. Um, there's boys and girls time for love. You make me want to dance. Lottie do down, down truck driver catching up on fun. I'm in love. 17 ain't young ride, ride, ride hide and seek and bang shang lang yeah <laughs> not all winners no but there's some good ones in there <laughs> but, but that's just it there really aren't there isn't really a clunker no like oh good. it's like yeah. turn this one off some of them clearly stand above but yes. they're not bad yeah i mean bang shang lang is like we've mentioned it, it's very much perfect for its time it yeah. just really worked actually the, the song boys and girls which actually uh, would show up in um and i i'm sorry i don't remember what episode it was in um but Boys and Girls would show up in, in, on the Bang show. Bang Shang Lang, episode one. That was episode, Bang Shang Lang, episode one. Boys yeah. and Girls would actually, I, I believe it was episode two. Um, so the first two songs that came out of the show were actually really good, solid pop hits. Yeah. Boys and Girls wasn't released as a single, but very much in that same could vein. Have. Just Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. just a really, it, it was fine. It, it worked. I mean, you could definitely imagine hearing that on the radio at that time. For sure. It just fit really well. Or hearing yep. on the oldies radio yeah. nowadays. So. Yeah, I mean, overall, it was good. There, there were some, definitely some clunkers. There was one at the end of the series that was called Circle of Blue, which I don't know if you remember that one. It was <laughs> I'm trying not about, to. I love you, and you love him, and he loves somebody else, and yeah. we're all in a circle of blue. I'm like, oh, <laughs> oh, what a bummer. <laughs> <laughs> this is a sad, sad, depressing song. And, of course, they illustrate it with dogs. <laughs> so it's Hot Dog who loves this female poodle and this poodle who loves this other dog. And this dog loves another na- a, a faceless dog. It's yeah. just like this silhouette of another silhouette dog of that he dog. loves. And yeah. it's just, yeah, that one that one didn't work. <laughs> but, yeah, over, overall, I mean, the music was really good. I agree. I thought the music was great. Unlike the Brady's mm-hmm. music was just, it was bad. Yeah. Because, you know, case in point, they were actors and not singers. Right. And it showed. Yeah. And these guys, they had actors and they brought in singers. Yeah. Which was a brilliant move. Yeah. Because, you know, I'm not saying that Del McKinnon didn't sing. Maybe he did, but probably not as good as Dante. Right. So I think that was brilliant on their part. It's like, if we're going to make a cartoon based on a kid's band and they play music, let's make sure the music is good. Yeah. You know, which was missed in the Brady Bunch. Yeah. Kids cartoon. So, But I thought that was a stroke of genius. Yeah. No, it, it worked out so well for them. Um, it, it, and it, it, it made the show work that much better. Yeah. Um, I, I also wanted to touch on the dance of the week, too. <sighs> which is not a segment that did not work as well. No, it didn't. <laughs> so, I, you know, well, let's talk about the format of the show. Because you mentioned it briefly in the, in the overview. So, they do the intro, which was usually Archie or Reggie in their bedrooms. Like, Archie's laying back on his bed. With his stocking feet, you know, and then Reggie's in his I hate Archie bedroom, you know, and they'd say, hey, you know, what happens when you do this? Well, stick around and find out, mm-hmm. you know, and then they do the first story, which was about, about eight minutes, eight minutes, seven to eight minutes. Yeah. Then they would do the, hey, stay tuned for the dance of the week. And you'd see Jughead. Mostly it was Jughead mm-hmm. or Veronica. Veronica's walk was one of them, yeah. but doing this crazy dance that you would have to be a cartoon character <laughs> to pull off some of these moves. And their big thing was, stay tuned for a dance that you can watch and learn. Yeah. Well, I can't do that. There's no way I can do that. Well, even when you're watching, you're like, I'm not even sure what he's doing. Right. 
they're, they're kind of saying it, but it, the, 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 not in not every case. They don't always say exactly what the move is. No, they, they just, show just it kind to of you. start. They kind of start talking about you know, do the weather be? Yeah. And I'm like, what? What is it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, and then Veronica's walk is just uh, like go walk like you've got you know yeah like you know like a pole sticking up your backside and he's like he's and just like and then that. stick your legs like, out. Once who's more? just gonna walk? <laughs> That's your dancers walk. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, I so yeah, they would do the dance of the week, and then they're like, "Hey, now that you know the dance, here's the song that goes with it," mm-hmm. which was kind of cool, yeah. you know, because the songs were good. Yeah, it was the same animation every time mm-hmm. they played a song. It didn't matter what the song was; the animation was the same. And then they would do come back and do the short joke, which would take like a minute, and mm-hmm. then they do the new or the second second story, which again seven to eight minutes. Yeah, and then the end credits. So throughout the half hour show if you included commercials there's about 15 minutes of story in there and the rest of it is the intro the joke the dance and the song but it was consistent yeah so you knew what you were getting yeah and what i liked about that though is when you read archie that's kind of how archie comics are it's there's there's a one main maybe two big stories in it but then there's a single page joke and then maybe there's be like the archie or betty your pinup you know like a single single frame uh image yeah but again then like a a one page um gag yeah you know it'd be like six panels on the same page that would tell the joke that would be like that that standalone gag and then maybe there'd be another like a longer i mean it it felt like stayed true to the comic yeah it felt like you were actually watching the comic which i thought worked really well the dance was just the clunker i mean my favorite was the milkshake (laughs) where the only way you could describe what they have Jughead doing is just convulsing. Yes, I mean he's just like it's just shaking. Just shaking. And it's like that's not a dance. That's a seizure. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that, that, you need to help him. Yes, that's that's not okay. Make sure he doesn't hurt himself. Yeah, something's wrong like, here. But yeah. yeah, and then there's what the was it the milk? I think it was the milkshake or the hamburger one where you're like supposed to stick out your gut like you just ate a bunch of food and then slap right. your stomach and like uh, nobody's no. doing that. No, and the angel one was the one that's. Physically impossible. Yes. You know, physics, you can't do it. Yeah. It's just, you know, physically, yeah. not not athletically, but based on the laws of physics, you could not do that. Yeah, because you don't have, well, you don't have wings, you can't fly. Right. <laughs> it just doesn't make sense. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's just silly. Yeah, I did, did want to add to the milkshake. What I loved with that one, Dumb Dance, matched up with this bad song, which was the Circle of Blue, this very slow song. Oh, yeah. And then it's and you supposed got to be this- convulsive. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, those are going to seizure because of your this misery of this love triangle. Yeah, you or think it's more of a wall wrangle or, or whatever it is. Yeah, no, it's no, it's like act like you're drinking milkshakes and then just like, like you got a brain freeze and your your body is just gonna go rigid into shock oh, or something. Man. Yeah, it, most of the time it worked. That that one, it didn't, that one didn't work. Didn't so match. Yeah. No, you know we haven't mentioned the head writer for the Archie show was Bob Ogle. Bob Ogle wrote a lot of shirt tales. Oh, yeah. And he was also, what I found out when I saw his name on here, I'm like, oh, i got to find out what else he did. So he was on shirt tales, and he was also the voice of Digger the Mole mm. on shirt tales. And turns out he passed away during the production of shirt tales. So at the end of shirt tales, in the credits, there's a picture of all the characters on the left side of the screen, and Digger the Mole is on the right, waving at the rest of the cast. And I I want to think that was like kind of a tribute to him waving goodbye to the rest of the cast. So it doesn't have anything to do with the yeah. Archie show, but it's an interesting story about Bob Ogle. Yeah, that is interesting. Um, but yeah, he wrote almost all of these episodes. And in, in a lot of them, he was listed as the only writer. Okay. 
on these and didn't do any voices in this show, but, but credited with a lot of the mm-hmm. writing, mm-hmm. Um, which are the, I don't know if he wrote the jokes, but the, but the stories worked well for me because there were, they were only eight minutes, mm-hmm. but there was a logical progression to the stories. Right. It, and they, the stories made sense to me. Some of them a little whimsical, you know, like really, but you know, you got to give that cartoon, license to do these things but but he you know would introduce a story create a conflict come to a climax and a finale in that short eight minutes mm-hmm. and they worked yeah you know none of the stories were like oh that's dumb yeah and, and and for the most part they all had that that archie comics feel yeah like the jughead's girl where jughead falls in love with this new girl but yeah. she wants nothing to do with him until sure. then she realizes that he's in his sleep he's going and serenading her in, in his sleep yeah and that he like they wake him up and he realizes she's looking out the window and she's like like fawning over him but she's got curlers in her hair and he goes running away running I mean very much of its time yeah. but again very much that was kind of like the that's the heart of the Archie comics so yeah like this kind of like these silly teenagers silly. just doing goofy things and, because teenagers do yeah. goofy things yeah like the computer is another one where they where yeah. Dilton Doily creates a uh, computer out of a yeah. washing machine right. <laughs> <laughs> that can That's come like, up with any answer except for when is the War of 1812. <laughs> <laughs> Which is kind of a trick question. Yeah. But yeah. Oh, yeah, that was great. Yeah, I mean, yeah, just very much. And actually one that I really liked, I thought was it was age, you know, time, age appropriate, all that stuff was the Flying Saucers one. It just just silly enough to just be like this is this is goofy, but it was yeah. entertaining. Well, there was all that hysteria about aliens yeah, and stuff absolutely. in the '60s, you know. So it was perfect. I mean, timed very well. It was a reflection of what was going on in the world. Yeah, I mean yeah. the the idea with that episode was that so the the gang minus Reggie they dress up as so it's a costume. Yeah, it's a costume costume contest talent at, contest yeah, at, or, at the school. Yeah, and so. Archie, Jughead, and the girls dress up as aliens, and they turn turn that you know, jalopy, jalopy into a, into a, into a, into a, a UFO. Yeah. They obviously, do a very good job of it. Right. And as they're driving down the street, the police see it. It's like oh, there's a there's a flying there's saucer, an there's, and, there's, and there's yeah, there's like they're like trying to track down where the alien flying saucer yeah. is. Just silly, but it it just worked. But it, it was just like okay, yeah. that's fun. That's, yeah. that's a good fun story. Well, because the hysteria, you know, on the radio, there is an alien invasion. <laughs> yeah. You say that invasion word in the sixties, and everyone freaks out. Yeah. You know, with good reason, I yeah. guess, because that's what they were trained to do. <laughs> and the whole time, the kids are oblivious to it. They're like, yeah, whatever. Whatever. Yeah, we're we're going to win. We go stop and get some gas. What was Reggie? Reggie was trying to win the contest too. He's dressed up as a gorilla. That's right. And he then they the thought gorilla. he was an escaped gorilla. Yeah. <laughs> They're trying to get him back to the zoo. <laughs> Which, it must have been a good costume then. Yeah. If they assumed he was a real gorilla. Well, he was convinced it was the best costume. Because, <laughs> well, yeah, it was Reggie. It was Reggie's. Yeah. Um, some of the episodes had two, you know, they all had two stories. Mm-hmm. And for the most part, I liked the stories. There were a couple that I was like, oh, really? Come on. Like the Jughead short double duty where another Jughead shows up. Yeah. And he's a martial arts expert, and he looks just like Jughead, and he's dressed just like Jughead. And guess what? His name is Jughead. What are the odds? What is coincidence? So he gets made, and the, the other kids believe that this is their Jughead, and like he's like, how do you know my name? Yeah. <laughs> it was just, that one went a little too far for yeah. me. And then episode six, the marathon runner, which, so I've run three marathons, so I know what it takes to do a marathon. I know you can't train and compete in a marathon in all in eight minutes. <laughs> so I was curious, and they started at the track. A track is a quarter mile around. Mm-hmm. 
a marathon is 26.2 miles, so you're looking at 105 laps. <laughs> and I'm like, are they going to stay on the track? No, they go out into the country, and they're on this dirt road to the turnaround point, and they come back. So the world record for the marathon is 2 hours, 1 minute, 39 seconds. Uh, Archie did the whole marathon in 2 minutes and 18 seconds <laughs> flat. <laughs> and Jughead was right behind him, <laughs> wearing his hat and his vest. <laughs> I was just like, ah, oh, that's, I can't, I just, I know how hard it is to run a marathon and that just doesn't work for me. Like, they just decide in gym class, we're going to run a marathon, bunch of high school kids, and away you go. I will say what I, the one thing I liked about that episode is like, it's one time where they actually gave Betty a chance to just be smart and kind of shine a little bit. Cause she, so the idea with that is Reggie can run the marathon better than everybody and they all know he's it. Light, he's like, he's superhuman speed. Yeah. He goes flying past people. Yeah, and endurance like not like you've never seen before. Yeah. And so she tricks him into making him go running all night. Right. And so when the actual marathon comes in, he just he's gassed. I mean, he's, he's kicking everybody's butt, and then suddenly he's just like, he "What's going on? Why can't I run anymore?" Yeah. He's like, "Why am I so tired?" And everybody goes running past him because Betty outsmarted him. Right. It was almost kind of a, a twist on the tortoise and the hare mm-hmm. fable, you know, yeah. which was very clever. Yeah. Um, I was just annoyed with the marathon thing. Yeah. No, I get that one. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, because Betty was at the turnaround going oh this is where he's gonna he's gonna bonk here yeah <laughs> she's like she knew it was coming yeah yeah, yeah. it was finally someone got back at reggie one that i kind of i felt it was a little too much was the when the monkey gets escapes from the zoo chimp off the old, chimp block. Off the old block yeah and he he punches jughead <laughs> in the face yeah. and then escapes from the zoo to follow jughead around like he's his best friend yeah and then Jughead's like, well, we got to get you back to the zoo. And so, but how are we going to do it? Because this is when yeah. football tryouts are coming on. He's like, oh, well, we'll put you in a football costume and we'll just walk you right past. Nobody will know the difference. Yeah. Because football players just look like apes when they're in high school, apparently. So then he walks on the field and there's Coach somebody. puts him in the game. Well, but he's just like standing there and somebody, somebody kicks the ball. And he's like, oh, okay. And he grabs the ball and goes running down the field. He knows exactly what to do. And of course, then he flattens Reggie and they make Makes everybody look bad, and then he and then he climbs up on the on the, on goal the goal post, post. And, and his costume and his, his uh, football outfit uniform falls, falls off. off, and then he's just like a, a, he's just a gorilla, just a gorilla. like oh well, we got to get him back to the zoo. <laughs> All right, well that was that that was easy. Yeah. <laughs> it's like All right, the whole gorilla thing was a bit much for me. I mean, I, filmation and animals are not a not the best fit. It, I, I, hot dog works. Yeah, because I mean, he's a pet. Yeah, and it, yeah. yeah, it works. But yeah, they, they, but if a gorilla escapes from the zoo. It's not the the high school football coach's job to take him back. Nor, you call the zoo. <laughs> Nor is it the, the the gangly high school kid who got punched in the face by the gorilla either. Right. <laughs> Which, first of all, how do you get that close to the gorilla? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Some of them are like, eh, you know, come on. Mm-hmm. You know, you're running out of ideas here. Yeah. You know, you're better than this. Yeah, so it was fun. I mean, mm-hmm. the Archie show was fun to watch. It wasn't painful to watch. No. Um, some of the things, you know, like, ah, that doesn't really work. So, good, bad, and the ugly. For for the good, I I thought the animation was really clean. You know, you could tell the backgrounds were just backgrounds, but the characters were drawn well. They reused the animation a lot, especially in the, the music um, yeah. segments. But it was good animation. Mm-hmm. Um and the music was good. Mm-hmm. Um, those those were my two goods. I really enjoyed those parts of it. Yeah, I mean, they they looked like... The animation was good. They looked like the Archie characters. Right. I mean, they looked like they just stepped off the comic book Exactly, page. yep. And, and I mentioned it before. They feel like 
it feels like an Archie comic, the way that, you know, it's segmented out, even though it's very formulaic, it yeah. still works really because it, it's, it, that's how the Archie comics are. Right. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because I didn't read the comics. Yeah. So then it makes sense to me now that mm-hmm. that's why it, it's formatted that way. Yeah. And it, and it, it lent the, the format and then the characters themselves just worked very well with the format that they wanted to be kind of tied to music and have that kind of pop, pop music component. It just worked really well. Um, mm-hmm. it, it was that was the right property to work that with, not the Brady's, not the Brady kids. That was not the property to try and no shoehorn that thing. It didn't into. work at all. Um, this this actually worked really well, and it was it was the right the right uh, property or, or licensed uh, characters to follow the monkeys as an, as yeah. an animated component. It, it right. just worked really well. Yeah, I agree. The bad for me was the the character development and interactions. I didn't get. Yeah. I didn't get the whole. Why does nobody understand that Veronica and Betty are flirting with the same guy, but Betty doesn't seem to care that Veronica's flirting with this guy, and Veronica doesn't seem to care that Betty's flirting with her guy? You know, it's just, and Archie seemed oblivious to the whole thing. <laughs> like, this, this doesn't add up. And the whole thing, why are they hanging out with Reggie? Mm-hmm. You know, so that character development and interaction, I just like, oh, that sucks. Yeah. You know, because it, it was a constant annoyance to me. Yeah. Like, didn't he? Didn't she see that? <laughs> what is going on? I, I see that, and actually, part of it, part of my bad was I touched on it already. Was like the voices of those three characters, like particularly Veronica, really just kind of like, oh yeah. I it, it worked by the end. I I, I got over it within the Rip Matter episodes. Like okay, that's just her voice, and it's fine. I'm good with it. And she but, didn't have a lot of lines though. No, but it was just it felt always felt weird. Did, that, well, yeah, like it didn't fit. Yeah, like R- Riverdale is kind of like Middle America, and why does she have a Southern accent? Yeah. And yeah, there's the Veronica's veil where she pretends like she's coming from another country, but then she says like she she still has a southern accent. She's like, "Well, I'm from the southern part of the country," <laughs> <laughs> which is kind of a clever thing, but it's still yeah, yeah. Like, how do you not figure this one out? Well, and her dad had white hair and mm-hmm. a white mustache and looked like he was in his seventies. Which is too old to have a teenage daughter, <laughs> in my opinion. Well, yeah, but if yeah. you're wealthy, maybe one, one never know. knows. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the voice is a little bit. Again, I got over it, and it, by the end of it, it, it all seemed to fit. But yeah. that was, initially, it was kind of a little bit of a jarring. And and the the Archie comics, there's enough characters that they could have brought in more things, that more characters to bring in. I mean, yeah. there's only a handful of adults in there. Archie's dad shows up a couple times. The coach. The Principal Weatherby and then Miss Grundy, the, the teacher, and then Pop. I mean, yep. Pop's just like barely there. Barely there, yeah. Um, but I mean, there's other high school kids. I mean, Moose, yeah. the big jock, dumb jock athlete, right. and his girlfriend Midge. I mean, they're they're pretty prominent in the comics. They, 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 they did introduce Dilton Doily kind of in yeah. the second half of the series. But there's also um, Ethel. Who's like very mm-hmm. basic female version of Jughead, right? And then Sabrina the Teenage, which who they would bring in the next season, and yeah. also Josie and the Pussycats. Yeah, they lost a big opportunity with that because I mean Hanna Barbera would jump on that. Yeah, a couple years later and, and introduce a Josie and the Pussycats series and and take that very similar kind of do a mix of Archie and then Scooby Doo. Yeah, which is a bit of an odd choice for Josie, but yeah, you know, we can get to that when we get to that. When show. we get to but, that show, yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah, and, and yeah, it just felt like there there was more. There was more left on the table that they could have jumped on. Eventually, they they would start to to do that more in subsequent uh, animation series that they would do. But in this one, it just felt like they they had more to work with that they didn't take advantage of. Yeah, I was 
reading some other reviews of of this cartoon, which I always do just to see what other people thought of it. Um, and I found one by Hal Erickson. He wrote a book called Television Cartoon Shows. And he described Archie as not what one would call inspired because of the fragmented humor and the overuse of a canned laugh track. <laughs> well, <laughs> but then I started looking into the canned laugh track and they were really the first ones to do that. And by the 80s, everybody was using the, the it, laugh track. That wasn't un- that definitely was not uncommon, um, especially throughout the, the 70s. I mean, that, yeah. was, that was a well, thing. Well, in the 70s, was, like the Flintstones and the Jetsons <laughs> were meant for adults mm-hmm. and they were in prime time. Yeah. They had the laugh track to mm-hmm. get the adults' attention. Yeah. Um, but I think they were the first kids' cartoon to, mm-hmm. to use it. Yeah, so it, it was yeah. not an uncommon thing. So, no. But yeah, yeah. I mean, it, we've watched enough of these, it doesn't really. Phase me I don't anymore. even hear it. Yeah, yeah, I don't really notice it anymore. So, so any ugly here? Yes, unfortunately, <laughs> not much, thankfully. Yeah, um, but episode fifteen was a bit of a hot mess. Um, there's a couple things. One, the dance of the week was the Indian dance, uh-huh. where you uh, basically kind of do an Indian dance where you kind of like hunched over and the powwow like, thing, the powwow, and then you hold yeah. your two fingers behind your head like you're wearing an Indian headdress. <laughs> And ugh, that would was the cartoon version of Red Face. Yeah, essentially it was. <laughs> um, yeah, it, 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 ugh, by today's standards, a, ter- a terrible choice. Well, the dance was the Indian, and the song was Seventeen Ain't Young, <laughs> <laughs> which that doesn't. Oh add up yeah, either. yeah. Again, another one that just the the dance doesn't work anyway. But mm-hmm. then it doesn't work with this very yeah. Seventeen Ain't Young is is uh, you know a, basically a ballad. And it's talking about like these two people, you know, like, hey, we're in love and we're 17. We're not young. We're going to prove them that we're, you know, yeah. we can do this. Right. And it has nothing to do with dancing, doing like the Indian. Indian dance. Like, oh, yeah, come on. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, well, we, we need to fill that. We need a dance to come up with this. So, yeah. Yeah. so how can we offend people? <laughs> <laughs> and then, then they would follow that up with... Uh, yeah, the, the, the second segment, the, the longer segment from that episode was Reggie's cousin, which is yeah. Reggie's little nephew. Of course, mm-hmm. every seems like almost every show has this this, this precocious kid who's just going to get in trouble all the time. Right. It's like, well, what do we do with this kid? Yeah. And it opens up with, like, when they introduce this kid, it's Reggie's tied up and he's dressed up as a, you know, he's got like the Native American you know, Native yeah. American garb and he's, he's got like the little tomahawk and the feathers in his hair. Like, oh, come on. <laughs> It looked like Chief Wahoo from the Cleveland Indians. Yeah, like, we're, we're riding this. We're riding this one to the ground. <laughs> uh, eventually, they would discard. Yeah, they would move on to that because then they go camping. And, mm-hmm. yeah. But yeah, it's just yeah. From the dance to including that, that dance in a, in a song that doesn't match it to then opening the next segment with with the little Indian terrorist. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It <laughs> yeah, was. That ugly. was a little cringeworthy. It was ugly. Yeah. 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 I saw that too. Otherwise. Pretty vanilla. I mean, yeah. pretty harmless. And, you know, Brady's who says harmless entertainment. And I said, is it really entertainment? <laughs> this was entertaining yes. and harmless. Yeah. It's whole, I mean, it, was, it was a wholesome, wholesome cartoon. Yeah. yeah it, it works. Yeah. 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 There weren't any uncomfortable situations. There wasn't any real peril. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just high school kids hanging out and playing a song. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Doing dances that don't really match the music. But yeah, right. it worked. Yeah. No, I, I, I really liked it. I thought... Uh, I, yeah, other than the you know, the one bit of ugly, um, no, it it worked. It, it was it was a good cartoon. Yeah, well, and I think if it was, you know, if the the goal was we want to emulate the monkeys 
in an animation form and we want to follow this Archie comic, they did it. Mm-hmm. You know, if you look at it that way, that we want to format this cartoon like the comic books, we want the music to be a big part of this, and then the music is okay, we'll make the music good, and they did. Yeah. So yeah, I I enjoyed it too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. What would you What would you rank this out of a uh, scale of one to ten or zero um, to ten as we do as we do? Yeah, I I feel like I've been top heavy on a lot of my rankings, other than the Brady Kids <laughs> and Don't Hulk, Hogan. Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan got a three. Well, Rainbow Bright didn't fare that well. Rainbow Bright was slightly <laughs> above that. I I was in between six and seven. Mm-hmm. But now that I know, because I didn't know about the formatting of the comic book, mm-hmm. but now that I know that, it pushes it closer to a seven. Yeah. So yeah. I think that's where I'm going to land. Yeah, I, I'm at seven. And actually part of it's, you know, it's a good ad- adaptation of the source material. Mm-hmm. And I think the kind of the lasting legacy, like the way this set up then subsequent series and, and kind of the success for filmation through Archie really established in this series and they, they, they only built on it made it better yeah um and here we are 62 years yeah. 62 years later yeah and it's still on television yeah and in some form and you, you know. can still hear sugar sugar and oh, yeah, yeah on the radio but yeah for I mean, sure was, in almost any movie that's depicting the 60s mm-hmm. late 60s early 70s yeah. you hear that song yeah because it was number one. Yeah, and it is all kind of established through this initial series and, and the, the choices that they made to make this focused on pop music. So yeah, no, I mean I think there's the legacy enough being true to the Archie comics, mm-hmm. and then the legacy they established. I think it that builds it beyond kind of like the the animation level. It, it kind of bumps everything up a little bit more right. than what it probably normally would have been. So mm-hmm. yeah, I, that's where I, I fell in at a seven as well. Yeah. Oh, weird. So you and I, we never talk about no. how we're going to rank it until the end of the conversation when we do. And mm-hmm. we're right next to each other. On this yeah. One. Yeah. Yeah. It's so, real interesting. Yeah. It worked out well. Yeah. So, so next Very week, cool. we've got something. We're going to go back to superheroes. What are we doing? Uh, let's do Super Friends. Absolutely. I think actually, I think what we'll do is we'll, we'll break our trend. Normally, we take the first series of each character, that introduction. I think next time we, we go, we go right to the... My bread and butter. My the the one cartoon I remember distinctly getting up Saturday mornings and waiting for the. Sh- I didn't know what yeah. time it was on. I don't know what channel didn't was on. Care. But I sat there and waited for the challenge of the Super Friends to come on because that yeah. was that was the show that hit me right where I lived. So. Oh yeah, and nothing's cooler than superheroes when you're a kid, right? Yeah, for sure. Okay, I'm looking forward to that. Well, I hear mom. I think it's time for us to go outside. So that means cartoon time is over. I'm John. I'm Robert. And this is Toon Talk. Hey, thanks for listening. If you want more Toon Talk, you can find us on Twitter at Toon Talk Guys. Or if you've got questions, comments, or suggestions, you can email us at toontalkguys at gmail.com.